things my family did I am not the voices in my head I am not the pieces of the brokenness inside I am light I am light hmm. Welcome everyone back to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am your host, Amanda Johnson, and I am filled with um, deep reverence and uh, a lot of excitement, although the energy feels very different for me today than it does other times. And I think it's because of the woman I am about to introduce you to and um, the fact that this woman is such a beam of light and her presence and what she stands for and who she is, is palpable. And in this very grounding, calming, centered sort of way. And I'll tell you a little bit about how I met her and then I'll introduce you a bit more formally. I met Gigi Um, a couple of years ago now or so, and we met in San Francisco. Um, She is the co-founder of Urban Awakening, and um, it's a group, when I knew it, when I was a part of it, it was a, we were a meditation group, I suppose, primarily, though their mission I know is much larger than that, and I would meet once a week with her and the co-founder in the group, and it was one of my favorite evenings of the week. And immediately meeting Gigi, I, I knew she uh, is something special, and I'm thrilled to introduce you all to her today. Uh, Gigi Asmi is a spiritual mentor whose gift is unlocking the next stage of spiritual progression in an individual by helping them access the truth latent within themselves. Using a combination of shamanic practices, spiritual inquiry, Zen, Buddhism, Vedanta, Tantra, flow teachings, and inner listening, Gigi reaches one where they are. She is deeply connected to the two polarities within us that are calling for balance. Stillness, consciousness, masculine being one, and energy, love, feminine being the other. The work, therefore, centers on the stillness practices from the East, mixed with our beautiful and sacred earth, heart-based intuitive knowing of our indigenous ancestors. Her upcoming book, The Hamster Wheel Before Enlightenment, explores the many experiences we embark on to the road to enlightenment and how they are important yet not complete, always calling us back to the foundational inner stillness of source. And with that, I welcome Gigi to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Amanda. That was really warm and sweet. Thank you. Mm-hmm. These are my favorite, I don't know, these are just my favorite moments in life, um, really. I so, so enjoy having these conversations and getting to talk to people like you um, for about an hour. And I am never surprised, really, where the conversation goes. And I trust, once again, that... In our conversation, it will be exactly what it needs to be, what it is meant to be, that it will inspire others in the exact way it is meant to inspire them, as well as inspire each of us, because none of us go untouched in this process. Mm-hmm. And I'm when I was asking Gigi to uh, have a conversation with me and to join me on the show, I said, you know, what is it that we want to dive into and I I ask that question typically of what is it that you stand for um, or represent and Gigi came back with this theme of sacred marriage with spirit and using that as those of you who've listened to the show before know I take a theme or whatever it is that we want to talk about and then I I am guided or I feel into a quote or a passage from a book that I've read before or I'm currently reading that we can then use as a springboard of sorts into our conversation. And today I'm once again drawn to A Course in Miracles 
which is the text I've been reading now for many months. And um, I, again, I felt this is, it will touch upon potentially where, um, what I, what I felt from Gigi and what she said she stands for and represents. And so I, I asked Gigi and all of our listeners to listen to this quote, to this passage. You can close your eyes, close your eyes and feel in, listen in for what it is that you are meant to hear from it. What is it saying to you? What truth is, does it have for you? And then Gigi and I will we'll just jam and see where this goes. So A Course in Miracles says, the Holy Spirit uses special relationships, which you have chosen to support the ego as learning experiences that point to truth. Under his teaching, every relationship becomes a lesson in love. So Gigi, as you hear that, what what is coming up in you? What truth was awoken in you? It, um, it was immediately surprising because it hit upon what you and I were just talking about before this call where I said um, one of my new definitions of spirituality is being able to meet every experience, especially the ones that we don't like so much, as ways that spirit is evolving our soul. And so when I heard that quote, I heard what I was saying before being said in another way. Um, so anything, and one of those big anything is our relationships. Relationships have so much power because when we do love someone and when we do put that value on the relationship, everything becomes more amplified for us. And uh, mm. because it has that quality, Spirit can then use it, as in you wouldn't stay or deal with a lot of things that you would stay and deal with about unless it was your beloved partner or your beloved children or your beloved parent or sister or brother in that way. Beautiful. And I love that you said things get amplified. And when you, Mm -hmm. what do you, what things? What do you mean mm. by that? The shadow. The shadow gets amplified. So we were talking about codependence. Our codependency gets really amplified that we can't even see it. Mm. Um, our The shadow aspects of us, the part of us that is, uh, you know, complaining a lot or the part of us that's judgmental or the part of us that isn't capable of holding our partner in their innocence when they do something that we label wrong and not being able to see our partner's innocence um, or giving of ourselves too much. That might be one of our shadow, not wanting to see our partner, actually all the paradoxes now, you know, so not wanting to see our partner actually in their true light and making excuses for them. So, you know, either not giving enough of our open hearts or giving so much that it's also out of balance. Mm -hmm. But it amplifies all the ways that we might be out of balance. And what I found in my own relationships is I would tend to not want to look until I was made to have to look. And I think our presidential election, our presidential election right now is pretty much that. It's like, spirit making us look where we haven't wanted to look yes and so again spirit uses yeah relationships for the same thing because it knows you will care you know people will start caring in a country when their economy starts Mm -hmm. capsizing that's when people will care and so that's what's going to be used right um You know, we put so much into our relationships, so we care. And so Spirit's going to use that as an avenue to show us where we need to learn. Or we just keep repeating patterns over and over again. Patterns is another way Spirit is knocking on your door. That pattern is exactly that thing that Spirit is saying, that. Look at that. It's a pattern for a reason. (laughs) 
<laughs> I keep yes. making it happen for a reason because you don't want to look. Yes. So much is coming up for me and I'm, there's two ways I want to go immediately mm -hmm. and I'll choose one and, and trust that if the other needs to happen, it will. Um, well, I'll, I'll say both and then I'll <laughs> we'll choose one right now. There's two ways I want to go mm -hmm. right now. One is we were talking before this um, call that, you know, there's almost maybe some sort of session work that could come out of this and we could almost, mm -hmm. we could use some of my experience, some of your experience to reveal what does this even look like? How does this even work? Um, and I'm really fascinated about that. And I think there could be some real um, wisdom and gifts and inspiration in that. Mm -hmm. And the other yeah. piece right now that's coming up mm -hmm. is going back to what you we started with from your angle, which is the sacred marriage with spirit. And so when we think of spirit using relationships, right, for us, um, spirit speaking to us through our relationships, because these things are being amplified, because we care, because this is where maybe we'll finally pause and look at the pattern and explore the thing that we aren't willing to look at otherwise. There's a question there for me, which is then what is this marriage with spirit? Like, do you, so you know what I mean? So there's, we have relationships with others that spirit works through. And then what does it mean to be in relationship with spirit? So those are the two directions I'm feeling, and I'm going to leave it up to you where we go. Okay. I'm going to take one and then you remind me what the second one was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the one... So one I heard for some reason, I didn't even really get the other one, but I got this one. The one is, um, what is it then this marriage with spirit? Mm -hmm. And the, the marriage with spirit is we are, we're, we're making a choice in every moment. We're making a choice to listen to our intuition, which is spirit, or we're making a choice to listen to what we want to do. And which some people call it, I'm just following my heart. I'm just following my heart. Um, unfortunately, in spiritual circles, it's not understood that most of the time when you're saying I'm following my heart is just as, um, as mature as a child saying, I want to eat ice cream three times a day. Because I'm following my heart is not equal to I'm listening to spirit when I'm following my heart equals I'm listening to spirit I'm in deep listening I'm in deep flow that is the marriage to spirit that's our marriage to spirit when we're just listening from what we think we want and what we think our heart wants to follow we are not in marriage to spirit and therefore we feel constantly out of harmony and constantly out of balance. And it isn't until some of these things that come and shake us up through relationships, through our economics, through our work, um, that we actually look at what spirit was actually trying to tell us all along. Mm. So, <laughs> oh, that, this is, well, <laughs> this now leads us back to, then let's look at this in a, in a real live example, mm -hmm. like that's, mm -hmm. so as I, and I, you, I kept trying to interrupt, I kept, well, how, how, my, my, <laughs> mostly my, my ego, probably, um, Something really strongly was like, well, how do we know the difference? You know, how do I know? Am I following my heart or am mm -hmm. I in relationship? Am I in a sacred marriage with spirit and really, truly following spirit? Mm -hmm. Well, are you listening first? Are you mm -hmm. slowing down enough to even listen to the direction that it's asking you to go in? So I, I would do, I would do that. I would say, am I listening? Am I creating enough space in my life? And that could just be five minutes of silence to check in. Um, 
And then I, what I do is I drop a question down into my belly and I say, spirit, would you have me do this or this? And the way I do it is very binary. So it's yes or no. So I feel in my body an answer for a yes or a no. So should I be in a relationship with this person? Yes or no? Hmm. And there's a wisdom in there that spirit transmits to us through the body. The body is a sensing instrument for the divine. It's the way the divine sends us messages that we could feel into because this is not a thinking relationship. This is a feeling relationship. Awakening and enlightenment are not thinking games. They're feeling games. So you're feeling into, am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to be going to this event? Am I supposed to be talking to this person? And you're dropping that question down into your belly and you're asking yes or no. Now, usually the next question is, how do I know if I'm really listening to the yes or the no? And I tell people, you remember that relationship you got into that you knew you shouldn't have way in the beginning and you still did it? And down the line, you said, I I knew I shouldn't have or that business deal or that job or that thing that you said and your your something in your body just said don't say that or don't do that and you did it anyway all of those things and there was like a sharp <laughs> no in the beginning yeah <clears throat> yeah <laughs> okay so that's your reference point it's like if i said do you know what a lemon tastes like you have to go back into your memory for what a, a lemon tasted like so you do the same thing with the yes and the no you go back to what that no felt like in a past memory to bring it back so your body remembers what a no feels like. It usually feels like you're hitting up against something. It's like I'm making this smacking noise with my hand because it feels like a, uh, a no, whereas more of a yes feels like an expansion. Oh, and I, I'll so, just add, as you're mm-hmm. saying this, my experience, um, in case this resonates with someone else mm-hmm. listening is mm-hmm. as you were having me do that I was I was going back to that and I'm thinking yep that was one of those moments and the no if you would ask me to describe it it felt like someone was ringing my stomach like my stomach mm-hmm. was being um mm-hmm. and I use this term a lot you know contraction but it, and it really was like my stomach was tightening and my visual for that is like someone was like twisting mm-hmm. it my stomach was being mm-hmm. twisted so that's how I felt and that may not be mm-hmm. how everyone does um, but I think that was so powerful. And then as I think soon as I imagine, super no. mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a super <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting that I mm-hmm. still don't listen to that one sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. Okay. So we find, we find what does that feel like so that when we ask the question, we know what we're listening for. And we're asking that question all the time. We're asking that Mm. question with everything. With the the next event that we're going to or the next thing we're doing or the person we're going to date or the place that we choose to put our kids in school or what, you know, should I be going back to university or should I take this job? Or That is, it, it becomes that our, the person that we have these conversations with isn't first our partner but it's first with spirit it's first we're checking in with spirit you know these conversations we're not having with our best friend first what do you think i should do we're Mm. checking in with spirit first that's why it becomes our first marriage we're having this intimacy with the great spirit that we've never had before Mm. and that that becomes the first marriage because we realize when we don't do it that way the other things that we value in our life don't turn up in balance or in harmony. And so then, the choice how does, is really clear mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the question now is how does this come back to what else we, you know, we've been talking about? So we're saying in these relationships, these human you know, relationships that our egos have chosen, to teach us something, you know, so, so that spirit can work through us, work through them. 
they are being, things are being amplified to your point, the shadow is being amplified, these qualities, these patterns that we need to pay attention to are being amplified. So as I learn and I start to practice having a marriage with spirit first, I start checking in with spirit more and more and more. And I go there first before I send the text. <laughs> and that's always mine. And that's my big guilty one. Before I send the text message or before I go to the event or be- while I'm in the relationship, whatever it is, um, how then is that working in partnership with these ego-based relationships that are showing us our patterns, that are asking us to dig in, that are revealing lessons to us that we need to learn, right? So it's almost like we don't get to now bypass this human relationship just because now we have a sacred relationship with spirit. Mm-hmm. We're still in the human relationship and we still have something mm-hmm. to learn from it. So now let's like, let's explore that. There's something there. What, what does that look like? How do we how am I in sacred marriage with spirit? And right. guess what? I have this human relationship and I'm still learning things right. and I have to pay attention to those patterns. Right. So I, I mean, I would have to ask the radical question sure. first. Go. How does, when I talk to spirit about my relationship, am I in the right place? Am I, is this where I'm supposed to be? Mm. Yes or no. And if the answer is yes, then what what is the next moment asking of me right now with that person and do i have the courage to follow what i'm getting and that's that's really hard especially for women because we aim to please there's this pleasing thing we've caught from our culture and also just inherently from being the nurturers and um, that that really kind of it's hard for us when we get no, don't do this thing that your partner wants you to do, you know, or don't go along with this thing that they're wanting you to go along with that you don't really feel good about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, it's responsibility, the big R that nobody likes. You have to take this incredible responsibility right now. And that's what breaks our heart when we, you know, we, when we really have this sacred responsibility because we can hear and we could feel into what needs to happen and we betray ourselves and we abandon ourselves. Right. And then we turn around and we say, my partner betrayed me. My partner abandoned me. My partner. Yep. I was abandoned yeah. as a child. I was, yeah, that one was huge for me. That, um, mm, I was um, briefly telling you about my ayahuasca journey last November. And that truth was revealed to me when uh, I had a moment and just the, the, all of the sadness and all of the stuff that came up around abandonment and how I had been abandoned and who had abandoned me. And, mm-hmm. and then I heard the answer. And the answer could not have been clearer that I am the only one who has ever abandoned me. Mm. And I see that. And so when that truth was revealed to me in such a powerful way, I've then been looking for proof of that almost. Yeah. And, and Mm -hmm. so of course it's not that I learned that truth and now I've never done it since, but I learned the truth Mm -hmm. and now I can point to, Oh, this is when I'm doing it. Oh, here, here I am. (laughs) Here I go again. Here I go abandoning myself. It's, it's right. a, and, it, and I it's me and and actually it's it's not abandoning myself well it is abandoning myself but it's abandoning the spirit in me it's abandoning the the truth mm-hmm. that's within me right it's betraying mm-hmm. that when I heard the no I still said yes mm-hmm. or when I heard the yes maybe I said no mm-hmm. and it's here that's the abandoning and I think that's, that's right. so powerful for us to to start to recognize and I mm-hmm. suppose then as you said the next question is well what would you have me do in this moment and do I have the courage that's huge mm-hmm. you know do I have the courage to do it so sometimes and I see this and I, I'm curious what your take on this is it's as if we 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 get to learn it and practice it in little in pieces 
you know, it's like, okay, so I'm first going to practice. Do I even mm-hmm. know what it's like to hear and listen mm-hmm. to spirit? Do I even know what that feels like? Okay, I do. Great. Oh, I didn't listen this time, but I, now at least I know what it is. I recognize it, right? And then maybe mm-hmm. I learn how to actually listen and then trust and move, you know, actually take action or, or move in that direction rather. Um, and I feel like they're, they're stepping stones, if you will. Does that mm-hmm. ring true for you in your experience or what you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, a big part of my spiritual journey was spent trying to feel this voice. And um, no one was able to explain it to me until I was in a relationship of my own that I got out of. And um, I said the same thing that many people say. I remember that moment when I got that no. And I remember how clear it was. Um, So there are steps, yes. And also we're being talked to all the time. So, you know, it doesn't... I don't want to limit it to, yes, Amanda, you've got to sit down and you've got to have a practice and you've got to, you know, dial it in and, and breathe and do all the things. And then you'll hear spirit. You hear spirit all the time. I hear spirit all the time. We're being talked to all the time. We're being told, you know, better left alone. You know, (laughs) maybe you just, you know, just get up and write that email or, you know, you're, you're being told all the time. But again, is it, are, are you okay with listening when it's hard, especially? I was, here's the question I, I asked. Yeah, go ahead. Please. Here's the question I asked. And, and I want to know what your answer to this is when you have listened before has that relationship has that voice disappointed you no so i had to admit that to myself i had to keep admitting that to myself over and over and over again for many years so if there were any steps it really is the steps to remove the doubt in our spirit in our soul and it's, it's to recognize that when we do actually allow ourselves to open to that voice, when we do actually follow through, even though it doesn't make sense, even though everyone else would kind of look at us a little crazy maybe in the moment, um, that what has happened in those moments when we've actually done it have been miracles, have been things that we could have never pre-planned ourselves. And when we don't follow it, those miracles, that harmony and incredible synchronicity isn't there. So it really isn't about learning anything, but it's almost about removing the doubt from the gifts that are already always there for us. They're always talking to us. When you asked me that question, I closed my eyes and I sat. And I breathed and I felt the no. And the no was so clear. It was interesting because I wanted, there was a part of it wanted to doubt. And be like, well, I don't know. Is that true? And I could feel something starting to happen, mm. like in my yeah. head space of, well, let me go back and think about everything. <laughs> you know, I, I, there was a moment that that started. And, and then right in front of that, and it was then in my belly area it was in my my body area all I mm-hmm. felt was this and the no was expansive because the no was the yes you know what I mean? like the no mm-hmm. was the the affirmative the no was accurate and it was um and as soon so as soon as I just said no I felt that expansion I said oh that's it that's the answer that's the truth mm-hmm. and then doubt was removed and that mm-hmm. was really powerful and I think where I find myself getting slightly tripped up quote unquote because I'm get into the mind and the head a lot here is mm-hmm. well you know there's a moment where I trust the spirit especially when we think about relationships because I'm in a relationship that has been very dynamic and has been very um, 
uh, at times feeling non-traditional and at times feeling, you know, hard and at times feeling super easy. And at times, you know, people might look at me and go, what the hell are you doing? And at other times be like, you know, what are you doing now? You know, it's like, (laughs) I don't feel like it's a, a relationship that completely fits into a nice neat box. And there have been times where I have not listened to spirit in the relationship and there have been times that I have. And to it, and then when we look at where I am today, and so when you ask that question, that's what I was reflecting on very quickly. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, when I, and even though I didn't all the time, but when I did, I know without a shred of doubt that it, I was never led astray. I was never misled. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I am now where I am today because of all of that. And I get to keep asking the question. And I think that's where I'm at now is, just because we've asked one question at one time and gotten one answer doesn't mean, this is what I'm theorizing right now, that we Mm -hmm. can't ask that same question at a different Mm -hmm. time and get a different answer. Mm -hmm. If we're truly in, so rather than saying, because this is the other thing that um, I'm learning right now in A Course in Miracles is we are eternal. There is no time. And so there is, I mean, you know, there is, what Eckhart Tolle would say, you know, like uh, clock time or, you know, whatnot, but psychological time really has no place in the terms of, Mm -hmm. well, that was in the past and this is in the future. And so the only time I would sit here and say, well, spirit told me a month ago that this is what I'm to do. So today, I guess that's still the answer, right? Like that's such, I guess that's something I feel like I can get caught up in. um, And maybe some of us listening can get caught up in. Um, but I wonder what your take on that is, where spirit doesn't work in past and future. Spirit works mm-hmm. in now. Mm-hmm. So what is the answer now? That's right. Moment? That's right. Okay. Yeah, and I've seen experiences where spirit will say no um, in the moment, or even a yes in the moment, just to get you out of harm's way really quickly. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. the answer will change. Then the answer will change. You know, um, or to get you to see something or to meet someone else or for some other synchronicity to happen um, that would have not happened if you had an answer go either one way or another. So it is a continuous checking. Yeah. And then not letting ourselves get caught up in, well, but that's what it used to be, or that's what it was, or mm-hmm. how could it possibly be different now, right? Like sometimes right. maybe we're even afraid, and I, I'm using myself and, and maybe then projecting into others as well, experiences mm-hmm. that we might be afraid that, well, no, 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 it can't possibly change one or the other. Rather, you know, so on the one hand, maybe at one point it was a clear yes, and now we're hearing a no, but no, 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 it possibly couldn't change. You know, I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm afraid to let it be a no now. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, where does the fear come from? The fear comes from then assuming that, that it will always be a no. And I, I'm maybe speaking, I have no idea how, like if anyone's listening, like what the hell is she talking about? It's so clear in my mind what I'm saying right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, nice. it's very clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I think the other is also true, right? Maybe it was a no. And now when we mm-hmm. hear the yes, no, it couldn't possibly. And I'm afraid. Well, I'm afraid. Well, I'm afraid that well, it used to be a no, now it's a yes, I can't trust it, or whatever fear or doubt comes in. And then again, fear also stems from, but then it will always be a yes. But that's the thing, it's dynamic. And and are we willing, and this goes back to what you said before, mm-hmm. are we willing to have the courage to listen in that moment, mm-hmm. knowing that it is for that moment? And I loved how you said that it might be opening a door to a synchronistic meeting or event or, or encounter that we need to have, and then we re- and then we hear another answer, and then we go, you know, and the dynamic continues. Um, and again, mm-hmm. with relationships, I see this because it's this coming together and pulling apart. And I think you posted something about this. Do you remember? And I actually mm-hmm. think I saw a screenshot of it just recently. And I'll, I don't know if I need to search for it now, but maybe this will strike something. You had posted on Facebook probably a year ago, at least, this idea of the coming together 
and then the moving apart. It was you or Craig that posted it. Anyway, it was so powerful to me, that image. And that's what we do in relationships. We come together and then we move apart. Mm-hmm. What was Maybe powerful anything. about it for you? I think what's powerful about it is, for me, is this idea that relationships are dynamic. They are not static. That mm-hmm. they, and for me, I think mm-hmm. of my romantic relationships. Um, those are the ones I know I'm here to learn the most from. I choose to learn the most from. And so for me, it's very exciting. It's very comforting. And there's some element of um, impermanence that actually is is comforting rather than maybe scary. But for me, it's actually very comforting to know that we may come together, we may fall apart. And then guess what? That means we could come together again. And then that might mean we fall apart again. But because it's ongoing, I guess I don't get overly, I'm learning. And and as I reflect on my past and, you know, I can see this, I don't get overly concerned, I suppose, with either of them, you know? So if Mm -hmm. things fall apart, I guess there's there's less um, finality to it. Because mm-hmm. somehow, I don't know, I tr- so that for me, what I read was, and there's almost this idea that it can come back together. So then there's, you know, and I, and I don't know if I'm putting, well, now I'm in my head. As soon as I said that, I could tell I went to my head. So I said, think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I feel. And that's what really resonated with me. And what I really loved when I read that. All that brings to mind, and you tell me what, I guess, how this lands, but all that brings to mind for me is the constant growth that I feel like I'm going on, no matter how, you know, where I think I've reached to, life is constantly pushing, constantly pushing for that growth. Mm. And it's never ending. Yeah, that brings up um, actually something that just came up in the last conversation I had with someone on this show where she had us draw an upward spiral. Mm-hmm. And the idea of that being that that's, you know, that's our growth, that's our, our purpose here on, on this earthly, in this earthly existence, we're, we're on this upward spiral. And so for every upward spiral, inevitably, there will be a down before there's another mm-hmm. up. And so as you were saying this, it was for me, that's just another way of saying it, another way of seeing it, that it's the coming mm-hmm. together, right? And then there's this falling apart. There's this kind of like this downward movement, this contraction, this separation, this, you know, or whatever that kind of pulling away that is required for us to then come together again, to then grow. Mm-hmm to expand Mm -hmm. to you know move upward Mm -hmm. in that case so that's what just came up for me and you said and it's the same it's the same movement that I'm talking about when I'm saying we go within to listen Mm -hmm. and then from that wisdom that we've gotten from listening within we go out and then we come back in so it's that coming together and going out Mm. and that it's like the, the ebb and flow, the natural movement. Mm. We're trying just to do it from your head mm-hmm. and for you to figure it out um, is so much pressure just on you. And you don't know how to do it. And if you would let yourself know and admit to yourself that I don't know how to do it. And actually, I have this incredible GPS system that will take me anywhere I need to go. I just need to listen to it as it tells me to go left or right. You know? So I would say that that marriage is kind of like your internal navigation system. And the reason that you need to have that relationship first is because, again, you will be navigating without knowing where you're going or how to do it. And the mind will be in charge. And um, 
being a mindfulness teacher yourself, you know where that gets us. Not very far. (laughs) Not very far at all. Into lots of circles and rabbit holes and Mm -hmm. feelings of dismay. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that is where we suffer. It is. And I see it in myself and I see it all Mm -hmm. around me, all around Mm -hmm. me. And I made this comment, I giggled uh, internally that, you know, said we're so often clamoring to meet with our best friend or our whomever to to sit and say you know I I just I've got to I've got to get your opinion what should I do what should I do and I think of all the times I've done that I think of all the times Mm -hmm. I've been the witness to that even very recently and I I'm thinking wow isn't that fascinating you know why in the world Mm -hmm. does she need my opinion (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. I'm at least now at at a point in this in this life where I I see that now for what it is um though I still sometimes fall fall victim to doing it um, or fall into the habit of doing it. But yeah, I, I, I laugh at how quick we are to look to someone else to tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when the mind fails us, which it inevitably will, um, mm-hmm. because we can't figure it out. So then let's turn to somebody else and we think they'll tell us what to do. And yet we're so surprised why <laughs> we seem mm-hmm. dissatisfied or discontent yeah. with our decisions. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to point out, I want to point out that it's not because we're not intelligent enough. God knows you, you and I are Mm well-educated women, right? And most of the people on this show are very educated um, people. It's not that it's, we're not intelligent enough. It's that what our soul is asking for us to do, the reason that our soul is here in this beautiful sacred moment our mind does not is not privy to that information Mm -hmm. of what's supposed to be happening our mind is a tool to help us think logically through problems but not what we should be doing with our life Mm -hmm. how our life should be run because that's a completely different uh, area of our soul that we should be looking into and it's it's like that metaphor they say it's, uh, you know the mind it would be like using a hammer to do everything we just had one of those moments then. you have no idea we just had i literally was just thinking that you i was just mm-hmm. thinking it would be like using a hammer i had to say that immediately because that has rarely happened to me when i thought the word someone else just said so Thank you for joining me in that. <laughs> say it again, because I literally cut you off. So please say it again without mm-hmm. interrupting. I'm just I'm saying that the mind is not the right tool for us to feel into what we're supposed to be doing with our life. And that can be as simple as the next event that we want to go to. Because there is a profound and beautiful reason each of our souls are here to carry out. And when we're deeply listening to what we're supposed to be doing, we get to actually live the life as close as possible to what we were asked to be down here to do. And so when we're listening from the mind, the mind is just not the right tool to be using for that. It doesn't know. You're asking something that does not know how to do something for you. It's like asking Google, you know, how do I you know, live my life? Should I go to this thing? Should I marry this person? It doesn't know. It's an information repository. So you are asking something that comes from a space of wisdom and is also something that is in in harmony with what your soul is here to do. It knows where you're supposed to be doing and where you're supposed to be going to help evolve you to the next part of your soul. And that doesn't end. That's a continuous thing till you take your last breath. And as you're following that, you're also giving your gift. So you're serving the world. You're serving the world as also you are evolving in every moment. That takes courage and that takes willingness to almost constantly be out of your own comfort zone. And that takes a lot of self-love. It takes a lot of self-love. 
a lot of love for the journey that you're on, a lot of love not to self-sabotage, a lot of self-love to listen to what spirit wants. Because to listen to what spirit wants means to have to sometimes say no to the people that you want love from and acceptance from. And to listen to spirit and when spirit is saying to go in a direction that is not very popular with everyone else, it takes a lot of self-love and and a beautiful relationship with spirit to still keep going that way. Amazing. What does that bring up for you? Mm, Well... I mean, there were so many images just flashing across my mind's eye um, of of my own experience in the last few years and seeing just how critical that self-love piece has been. Mm-hmm. And because I have learned to love myself in a much deeper way, I have been so much more willing and better supported to take these leaps of faith, go in these directions. I I like to sometimes think not in a, oh, look at me, I'm so special and unique, but I like to think that I have made some very um, non-traditional choices in the last few years compared to, again, when you said, maybe make a decision that not everybody would agree with. And I have family members who still to this day, while I know they love me, question that a lot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it even... um, brings up a lot in them and there is some anger and there is some maybe resentment maybe there is some other things that come up and I am witness to that and I am also witness to how in the past if knowing how I did not love myself I would have immediately been like oh my goodness oh my goodness let me clamor and get your love back what do I have to do what do I have to do does that mean I need to go get a job does that mean I need to leave this relationship? Does that mean I need to actually stay in this relationship? What is it? What is it? Right. And Mm -hmm. I would constantly be seeking their love. So the way you just said that makes so much sense to me because now I don't have to, I can sit in my own knowing, trusting that I love, I am love. I mean, I don't need it from them. Of course I will receive it because I give it. And yet um, I don't have to listen to them. I get to listen to my soul. And that's a big mm-hmm. shift for me. So as you were describing that so beautifully, that's where mm-hmm. I was I was kind of seeing that, how it was playing out in my life, both before that may have been true mm-hmm. for me and now that it is and the difference that I experienced. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really beautiful. And that part of um, in sacred marriage, that other part that calls to us very much so is to realize that the love that we're looking for outside of ourselves is already here mm-hmm. and I remember as, as more more of when I was really in in that phase of being a seeker of being like almost you know just dead you know, like just hell-bent on uh, finding what enlightenment was I would listen to teachers that would say just what I said and just want to throw something at them, you know. Because <laughs> I yeah, uh, the love that we're looking for is already here. And I hated that statement because I couldn't find it. And it still felt to me that when I, when I was with someone that was there and being affectionate with me and holding me, embracing me warmly, caressing me, that that elicited so much love from me that I just couldn't see how anything could be just as good as someone's physical being actually just being with And so I understand that it's really hard to hear that all of the love that we're looking for outside of ourselves is right here. 
but it, if we slowed, if we slowed down and we allowed ourselves to almost be in that state of relaxed meditation, and that's going to take minutes, so I can't do that right now. But maybe we can mm-hmm. wrap it up with some type of meditation mm-hmm. in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but just when you have time on your own to sit and to feel first to become then it's always like this first you become quiet all the way quiet inside and that doesn't mean your mind becomes still it means you're just listening to your thoughts come and go but there's something that's watching your thoughts come and go and that something is the place where you just rest and in that resting place where the mind is going and coming and your emotions are doing whatever they're doing, but you are resting. You are that center in that eye of the hurricane. And you're just resting in that center. You're resting so deeply, you don't even really mind everything that's swirling around you. And you feel into your body. You feel into the space that you're sitting in. And you do that for as long as it takes that you start really feeling how you are surrounded by love. You are swimming in love itself. That everything in the room is love. That you are also just love. And when that person walks up to you, that waiter or that waitress walks up to you and you're looking at this perfect stranger in the eye and you can see that they too are love and you look in their eyes and you see that the spirit behind their eyes, that the soul in their eyes is the same exact soul that you are looking at from through your eyes. And you find yourself swimming in this soup of love. And I'm not saying you're walking around all day long, every day, feeling this way. I'm just saying just a simple recognition in one moment can change your life. A feeling into this love. We allow ourselves to feel. Again, this is enlightenment is a feeling game. It's not a thinking game. You feel into this love. We feel into it even deeper. Like Rumi would say, get drunk on this love. You are always on the inside, knocking, trying to get in. You are always in this love. It's just, can you allow yourself, would you be willing to open your heart enough to feel it? The kingdom of God, as Jesus said, is amongst you, but you do not even know it. All of it. And when we're in that space, when we allow ourselves to feel it, Really feel it until it almost feels like we're in a lucid dream. And we ask ourselves, is the love that I'm looking for not already here? Isn't it already here? It's always been here. Then the madness of constantly trying to find it outside of myself is only a detriment to myself. And it makes me do things that I'm not proud of that don't honor me and that don't honor the people that I'm around because I'm trying to constantly get what I think I don't already have in complete, infinite abundance. And so it's making, you know, the corporations, the stakeholders, the men, go out there and make more money and make this and so they can have more and so they can appear as people that are lovable. 
and it's making the women go out there and try to compete with the men and do what they're doing and do it really well and be just as smart and push and push and push or, or, you know, what, whatever else we're doing just to get the love that we need to get to dress a certain way or be a certain way or appear a certain way and manipulate each other for that love and how silly it is that it's always been here all along. And that's the second key to this sacred marriage is this love has been here all along. And so the one who is manipulating to get it in whichever way, whichever way they're doing it, and we call that codependency, right, which is just manipulating the other to get the love that we think we need. Um, we're not telling the truth. We're living a life where we're not telling the truth. And so when we rest in that space to find the love that is always here and we source ourselves from that, that's our first marriage. Again, that's our relationship to spirit. Spirit is infinite love. That's one of its qualities. It's infinite silence, infinite love. Open, silent love. When we have a marriage with that, when we sit in that, when that's our primary relationship, then the constant need to manipulate for love outside of ourselves and therefore not listen to that small voice, again, which is our partner, our first partner, our intuition, which is really us. And we can't do that because we think if we listen to that small voice, which isn't trying to manipulate anyone or anything for more love. We, we think that we're not going to get what we want if we listen to that voice. So we don't listen to that voice. Just like you said, though, all it causes us is more suffering if we just allow ourselves to see it, to be honest with ourselves. Well, ladies and gentlemen listening, you now have proof as to why <laughs> Gigi is such a spectacular being and why I desperately wanted her on this show and why it is such a gift that I get to know this woman and even in the many, many miles and many, 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 many months without ever speaking or interacting, there is still um, a vibrant connection. And I know, I know why. Um, it is because of who she is and who I am and who we all are that we can resonate with that. So mm -hmm. I trust if any of you um, felt what she is saying and has said, then know that it is because she is reflecting that truth back to you mm -hmm. and you are seeing yourself in her and um, that's just a really powerful reminder for all of us so that was a beautiful meditation that turned into something much more and and for those of you listening if you didn't get a chance to close your eyes and do that with us um, I invite you to do it later um, either listening to her voice guiding you or doing it on your own but there is such wisdom there that can be found when we get silent so Gigi we could talk for hours more and um and yet we it, we do need to wrap this up I suppose so mm -hmm. I would love to ask you um a few questions that I like to end the show with and um culminating with of course how they can find you um in mm -hmm. case that is something they they feel called to do so um, here they are. First question is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? 
all the all the authors that I read in my early um, my early years when I started searching spiritually is around uh, 15, 16, 17 years old. And the bo- uh, books like Carlos Castaneda's books, um, where he was learning from a Yaki shaman, and Lindsay Andrews, who people just don't talk about enough. And she she is um, a white woman that goes to um, the Sisterhood of the Shields in Canada, this Native American group that she learns from. And these were one of the first books that really just caught my interest in this in this uh, spirituality that where we can talk to spirit and also be very human and be very here on this, on this earth and just do the day-to-day things without needing uh, the pomp and stance that our religions often so much put our prophets and our messengers in. <laughs> hmm. Lovely. Uh, what place or activity most inspires you right now? The redwood trees in California. They invigorate me so much. My favorite place in all of California is a Henry Cowell Park. And there's a place called the Redwood Grove. And I like to call it the sacred Redwood Grove. because it's, it's, it's just a flat walk. And uh, they have really old growth redwood trees there. So check it out when you come back. Yes. I'm, I was just thinking I'm like have I been there and I, I'm not sure if I have mm-hmm. um, what are you currently working on or creating that is most inspiring to you I have started doing ceremonies for women and I call them the divine feminine ceremonies and they're they're just ramping up speed and we went from a few people to like set completely selling out um, I'm working on doing some new Facebook live videos so that I'll, I'll be doing that this week and just speaking my gift and, and that part of me that is scared of what people will say or what they'll think is just really started to just completely die away so I'm just going to give my gift god damn it <laughs> uh, yeah just I think just coming out more just coming out more and being completely okay yeah that part that I was just kind of scared of like oh god they're make something you know make call me a, a teacher or this or that or the the fear of what yeah that's just dissolving away so we're here to give our gift and I, I think all of us are really hearing that call right now but we've been hearing it. There's no doubt. I have not been completely nudged every single day, but now there's, um, I feel a lightness around it too, a lot more lightness around it. Even though it's such a heavy time with this presidential election, I feel that uh, I call them the tribe of many colors, all of the crystals and the indigo children. <laughs> Excuse me. That have been born and are now pretty much adults. Um, have this incredible call right now to just give the gift, whatever it is. If you speak, if you write, if you paint, whatever it is, just give it. Yes. Yes. So that's awesome. I can't wait to see more of that. Um, Just, I mean, I'm, that feels so good to hear that. Um, So thank you for, thank you for having the courage to share your gift. We will all be better off for it. And um, now for those, yes, yeah, for those who feel inspired to reach out, where can they mm-hmm. find you? How can they get in touch? As the website, my first name and last name is ggazmy.com. And you could reach me there, message me or book a session. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, one session, a thousand sessions, whatever it is, um, there's, there's wisdom and goodness to be found. So please find her, reach out. Um, if you're in San Francisco, go to her meditations. Um, they yes. are incredible. Yes. Meditations, yeah. right, in San Francisco mm-hmm. and Oakland. Oakland, yeah. sometimes New York when I visit there. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Oh, man. Well, this has been such an honor. Um, and I hate to rush it. And I, I also want to honor all of our time. So we'll, we'll wrap it up. But thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us, Gigi. 
it's a tremendous and in such um, its own unique flavor. Uh, this has been unlike any other. So thank you for that. Thank you for and for those me. yes, for those listening, please join us next week. More inspiring conversations to come. Um, and until then, many blessings. Pieces of the brokenness inside